1: We all know the story about King Solomon. He didn't ask God for money and power and all these things. You know, when he prayed when he first became king, he he asked God for wisdom. And God said, because you didn't ask me for money and power and all these things, I'm going to give you all of those things. And I'm going to give you the wisdom to to rule the people of Israel. But did you realize that what, what Solomon actually prayed for was a willing heart? That's what he actually prayed for. He actually specifically, literally prayed for a heart to hear.
0: Pastor Robert talks about prayer and what we should be praying for versus what we usually tend to pray for. Have you ever prayed to God for something mundane in life, some worldly desire of yours? That's not necessarily wrong, but don't get so caught up in your worldly needs that you forget to ask God for things like more wisdom or a willing heart to follow Him. Stick around after today's message from Pastor Robert. I have quite a bit of information that I'd like to share with you, our web address, podcast subscription information, and our contact information. Now, here's Pastor Robert in the book of Hebrews chapter 9 and Exodus chapter 35 with today's edition of Main Thing Radio. His love is the main thing.
1: So we've been studying the New Testament, just kind of going through it, and, and we made our way as far as the book of Hebrews. Um, a couple of weeks ago, last week I didn't teach, Pastor JP did, but uh, we left off there at the end of chapter 8, you know, in, in Hebrews chapter 8, and um, toward the end he tells us, or actually more like the beginning of chapter 8, he tells us that, that the main point of the discussion in the book of Hebrews is the new covenant, And verse 10, he actually um, quotes from Jeremiah, the Old Testament book of Jeremiah, saying, for this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my laws in their mind and write them on their hearts, and I will be their God and they shall be my people. And we talked last week about this, the mistaken idea that we have a lot of times that just you know, simply believing in God, believing there is a God, that that's somehow enough, that that's what it's all about. That's not what it's all about. No, no, no. He, he wants you to know him, not just believe he's there. He, the Bible says he wants to be your God. He wants to be my God, not just a God. He wants to be my God. W- what does that mean exactly? What's the difference? Well, he wants to be God of my life. And, you know, I mean, I realized after growing up in, in church and and then, you know, at the age of 24, I was confronted with the reality, actually it happened before that, but I kind of came to terms with it at the age of 24 that, okay, I, I believe he's there, but he's not in control of my life. He's not God of my life. No, I was God of my life. Everything was about what I wanted and what I thought would work and what I, you know, my plans and my preparation and my agenda and and all of these things, and, and I was just kind of hoping that he would help me with those things and bless me with those things, and and I, I woke up to the reality that, no, no. He, he wants to be my God, and he wants me to be his child, his people. He wants our hearts to be in harmony with his heart. And today, as we move into chapter 9, that discussion kind of continues. Look at it with me. Hebrews 9.1 one. Um, and by the way, this is going to take us to Exodus chapter 35. So if you wanted to, you know, put your finger back in that Old Testament book of, of Exodus there at chapter 35. We'll get there in a minute. But Hebrews 9:1 says, Then indeed, even the first covenant had ordinances of divine service and the earthly sanctuary. For a tabernacle was prepared. The first part in which was the lampstand, the table, and the showbread, which is called the sanctuary, and behind the second veil, the part of the tabernacle, which is called the holiest of all, the holy of holies, which had the golden censer and the ark of the covenant overlaid on all sides with gold, in which were the golden pot that had the manna, Aaron's rod that budded, and the tablets of the covenant, and above it were the cherubim of glory overshadowing the mercy seat. Of these things we cannot now speak in detail now stop right there at the end of verse five we, we can't really talk about all this in detail right now either you know we're not we're not going to be able to dig in and, and, and really talk about all these things but there are a couple of things that today I do want us to to talk about you know the, the Bible speaks to us the Old Testament you know has a good deal to say about this tabernacle the tent of meeting it was just a tent that's what it was the place where God would dwell among the people of Israel and meet with his high priest there in the, in the desert, you know, was where it all started between Egypt and Israel. And the rabbis taught that that outer court of the tabernacle represented earth. And then the holy of holies, that inner sanctuary represented heaven. In the book of Exodus, we're given the account of how they came to build that earthly dwelling place for the Lord there in the desert. Look, look with me, if you would, at Exodus chapter 35. And we're going to read two or three passages here. But Exodus 35, verse 4 says, Moses spoke to all the congregation of the children of Israel, saying, This is the thing which the Lord commanded, saying, Take from among you an offering to the Lord. Whoever's of a willing heart, let him bring it as an offering to the Lord. Gold, silver, bronze. And he keeps going, you know, all these different things, right? Bring an offering to the Lord. Bring an offering. Whoever's of a willing heart, let him bring it. You know, it's, it's interesting. When you really back up and process this whole thing, you realize these people had, had been slaves in Egypt. They'd been slaves. For generations, the Israelites had been slaves. They didn't have anything, really. They, you know, they left Egypt with plunder, the Bible says. Now they're out in the middle of the desert, and they're being asked to give an offering. Give offerings to build God a tent, tabernacle. And it says they responded with enthusiasm. Verse 21 says, Then everyone came whose heart was stirred, everyone whose spirit was willing, and they brought the Lord's offering for the work of the tabernacle of meeting, for all its service, for the holy garments. They came, both men and women, as many as had a willing heart. You know, that seems to be a key principle in Scripture. A willing heart. As many as had a willing heart. I was kind of surprised, you know, a number of years ago in studying the Bible a little bit, and, you know, we we all know the story about King Solomon. He didn't ask God for money and power and all these things. You know, when he prayed, when he first became king, he he asked God for wisdom. And God said, because you didn't ask me for money and power and all these things, I'm going to give you all of those things, and I'm going to give you the wisdom to, to rule the people of Israel. But did you realize that what, what Solomon actually prayed for was a willing heart? That's what he actually prayed for. He actually specifically, literally prayed for a heart to hear. That's a great prayer. Do you understand? Because it kind of goes together. It's not just... He didn't pray for, you know, Lord, I, I don't, I don't want when, when to miss it. You know, I don't want to miss it when you talk to me. No, no, no. He said... I want a heart to hear you when you speak. There's a difference, right? There's a difference. We see it in our kids, those of us who have kids or grandkids or whatever. You know, it's like they pretend they don't hear, right? Because they don't want to hear what you're saying. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. We do that to God sometimes. Now give me a heart to hear you. What we're praying for when we say that, what Solomon was praying for was a willing heart. Give me a heart to hear you. Give me a heart to serve you. Give me a heart to be obedient to your plan, to your purpose for my life. So many people are charging through life, expecting Jesus to follow them. I see so many people, so many Christians, charging through life, expecting Jesus To follow them. That's not how it works. Why not? Because you're just, I mean, no offense, but you're just not bright enough to lead Jesus through life. Do you understand that? I mean, he's God. I'm not. I'm supposed to follow, not try to lead. I need to be paying attention to him. I need to have a heart that's willing, a spirit that's willing I think it's a great prayer, you know? It's I think, you understand he's okay with that prayer? I want to want you more than I do. I want God to have a a heart that's more willing than mine is. God, please help me with that. I think he's good with that prayer. I think he's okay with that. Just acknowledge it. When you come to God in humility and just say, okay, I don't... A lot of times, I just want what I want. I'm sorry. God, please help me. Forgive me and help me with that. I think he delights in a prayer that will acknowledge that we're stubborn and obstinate and foolish. But when we pretend we got it figured out, okay, okay. But when you ask him, he'll give you a heart that wants to please him. He'll give you a heart that's grateful to him. He'll help you to see the things that You take for granted that you should be giving thanks for every morning when you wake up.
0: The book of Hebrews contains a unique passage that is many times referred to as the Hall of Faith. This section gives us a synopsis of people who followed their creator without knowing the end result or with having each step laid out for them. It wasn't easy, and these icons of trust were definitely not without flaw. God used them, though, to accomplish great things in their time and to set in motion pockets of kingdom work that would continue to change lives for countless generations to come. Did you know that you too can be counted in God's Hall of Faith? Today, you can choose to place Jesus first in your life. Even if you don't know where the road is leading, faith isn't easy, but Jesus is the greatest guide. We're so glad you tuned in to Main Thing Radio today, and we'd like to tell you how you can listen to more of Pastor Robert's messages. Here's Tracy to share how you can subscribe to our podcast.
2: Life these days moves fast. From one appointment to the next, most of us race through our days with blinding speed. Those in-between moments are great opportunities to connect with God. Subscribe to the Main Thing Radio podcast to enjoy messages like you heard today, anytime, anywhere. Simply log on to mainthingradio.com and click on the podcast button.
0: Thanks, Tracy, and thank you for listening to today's edition of Main Thing Radio.